0: Hey guys, welcome to the Wild PPC Bunch podcast. My name is Lazar and I'm a PPC nerd. I have over 10 years of experience in online advertising and currently I'm the owner of the growing Amazon advertising agency called Seller's Alley.
1: And I'm Brent, the owner of AMZ Pathfinder. I started this company five years ago and we've been working in online advertising since 2013.
0: Every week we will spend around 30 minutes covering one topic and it will get nerdy, I promise. We'll prepare a topic covering everything from PPC basics, in-depth strategy, and current trends.
1: One thing's for sure, you won't be bored, and you will hear insights, tactics, and ideas straight from two experienced agency owners. So strap in for the ride and enjoy.
0: Hey, everyone. Today we're talking about one interesting topic called launching new products on Amazon Marketplace with PPC. And like always, today with me is co- our co-host Brent. Hi, Brent. Hello, Lazar. goes it? It's pretty good, pretty good. We have something interesting to talk about, like one topic about st- strategies. And like, there is no one strategy how to do this kind of stuff. And like, there mm-hmm. are completely different ways that people are uh, doing it. So let's discuss some different topics. And like, w- w- we're going to talk about like how you guys at- AMZ Pathfinder it and like how we did sure. it in Sellers Alley.
1: Sure, I think it'll be useful to compare notes there, and we're going to examine some from uh, other people we've heard about, right? Some of which we don't necessarily agree with.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk about like why we don't agree with them, like on right. certain stuff. Right. Like obviously, like w- w- when you hear somebody's like strategy, how they do stuff, it's not about like copying full strategy because like maybe if it's working for them, it's not necessarily going to work for you. Like what you want to do is basically try to copy one good thing. Like you know, like you are not reading the book mm-hmm. so you can remember every sentence from it. Just like to True. get like the point <laughs> of it.
1: That's a good way to put it. And it's like kind of like I explained to you: the devil uh, is in the details for a lot of these launch strategies. Because I can tell you uh, how to do it, but then the implementation can be quite tricky. You know, reality has a surprising amount of detail when it comes to these things. Um, it's like, if I told you, Lazar, like, yeah, just do a backflip. It's easy. Just, you know, center your weight lower and (laughs) use your muscles and push. It's like, well, actually doing a backflip is quite complicated. (laughs) Um, so even though you see someone do it, it doesn't necessarily mean you can do it. Now of course that's a very physical pursuit and this is a mental pursuit with PVC. However, uh, I think the comparison stands.
0: You you know, like I'm a huge fan of NBA and like when 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 I as a kid watched like Like all Serbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like all of the Serbs. So uh, like like when when you, when you look at those guys like that, that are playing basketball, you're like, this is so easy, and like you go to the court and like <laughs> you, you don't have an idea what you're doing there. So I can like do that <laughs> be, being really good is making like Hard things look easy. That's one of the things.
1: That's a really good point. So hopefully that's what we do because we're such PPC pros, right? yeah to, a you know just to boost our egos a little bit more here. <laughs> yeah. So well let, let, let's start with like um maybe how things used to look. Um I, I had an idea to talk mm-hmm. about this. Like how, how did things used to look with launching on Amazon with PPC? Because I, I can think of like the way we used to do it. This is years ago. This is what worked back in the day, so to speak. I'm talking 2017, 2018. I know you were managing Amazon at that time, too. Mm -hmm. You've been in the PPC game for many, many years. So what worked back then? This is my recollection of what we used to do. It's like um, a little bit more of a shotgun approach. Um, People would really advocate strongly for setting up auto campaigns and pouring a lot of spend through those at first. That was definitely one of the more uh, often repeated steps that people would advocate for the launch process. Uh, and part of that reason was actually to make sure that Amazon was seeing your product correctly, you're in the right subcategory, whatever, but also to gather keywords that were working um, and then incorporate those into your manual campaigns. I think that's a little bit out of vogue now. People don't do that as much. Additionally, the shotgun idea, right? Hundreds of keywords in a campaign, like maybe in the same ad group. Uh, just see what rises to the top. You know, just just let it ride. <laughs> um, don't do that anymore. Um, what's your recollection of the old days?
0: Yeah, I I remember doing like exactly the same thing that, that you mentioned, like creating automatic campaign and like pouring money into it and like, just like seeing what, what we're going to catch there. And from there to build up manual campaigns, like in two weeks time or three weeks time or something like that. But like, that's some, that is something that is super outdated and like that I wouldn't really recommend because algorithm changed a lot since those years and, uh, like I, I'm a huge fan of automatic campaigns. Don't get me wrong, but like, right, right. that that's not the first step, like what you want to do. Like, I know one of the questions like the people usually ask us is, when's the right time to turn on PPC? So I'm going to ask you the same thing. Like, do you have like one specific <laughs> timing? Like when it's good to start with PPC, do you start right away? Like, I I can tell you how we work and like, and to go from there like whatever works better for you
1: sure uh i'll start yeah the best time to turn on ppc is um 11 on sunday afternoon no just kidding uh the best time <laughs> to turn on ppc is uh whatever you think it'll start to meet your goals i mean we have clients who are so, so aggressive that they have a product go live and like the same day they want spend up and running you know they don't want to waste any time And we have other clients who are a bit more conservative and say, actually, I would like to get a handful of reviews, you know, four and five stars before I start running, because I feel uh, that that's going to make the best use of my budget. And, you know, what kind of budget allocation they have available also dictates kind of when you should start spend. Um, Yeah. So that's like the first consideration. So it is kind of a it depends answer, uh, but the big debate, I think, would be between (laughs) Uh, You know, reviews or no reviews, like, when do you start based on that? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that that's the main question that people are asking about. Like, it's not about like, should I start right away? It's like, should I start without reviews or when I get some reviews? So it's, as you said, like about the budget, like how much money you're willing to spend. It's obviously like if the money is not an issue, you should start right away, obviously. So you can speed up mm-hmm. the process of getting reviews. Uh, but on the other hand, like if, if you're tight on budget and you want to super optimize everything, like can go into details, it's maybe better to start when you get uh first couple of reviews. And like there is one magical word when it comes to launching new product and it's called honeymoon.
1: Right, right. Yeah, l- let me touch on that because this is like <laughs> one of the assumptions I think you have to make. And, you know, to set more context for this, I'm going to uh, uh, touch on this briefly. Uh, th- there is a honeymoon period, right? We can we can assume this is the case. You know, Amazon has never communicated this directly, but I think anyone you talk to, Lazar, who knows a lot about launches, like for instance, mm-hmm. we have two like launch experts that we refer our clients out to. They don't work with us. Like they're not part of our team, but they're very close to us. And we do, you know, coordinate with clients, with them like very frequently. And they always talk to me about, oh, there's a honeymoon period. We got to restart the honeymoon period. The honeymoon period is this much in, And so the idea is it's this 30, 35 day period where Amazon is trying to figure out what your product is. And if you're pushing it through PPC or giveaways or external channels, which I think we'll talk about much later, um, that's like the golden the golden time to get things going.
0: Yeah, basically that—that's the timing, like when Amazon is still learning about the product, when the algorithm is learning, like what are the what's the product about, like what are the the keywords that are triggering the product, like mm-hmm. uh, they're they're pretty much like like my idea of it. It's like I didn't read it from like Amazon like leaflet or something like that that really <laughs> tells you about that, like like the logic beca- behind it. Like if I. If I was the one that was building like the the, the the algorithm I would like have that honeymoon period to learn about the product like and to compare data like how um, customers are reacting to to the product comparing to other products in the niche you know like you, you get like a small push from Amazon. Uh, and like maybe you show up a bit more than you should at the beginning, so right. they would right. learn faster. Like, w- it's the same thing, like when you create campaigns in Google Ads, you know, like you have that, that quality score thing, and and like that score is not displayed b- before like first 1000 impressions, you know, like when you when mm-hmm. you build and set up a campaign, like it, it doesn't show the number, it's like blank spot, right. and after 1000, you know anything,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think the concern that I would have during the period is that we're sending the wrong signal to Amazon. If we're throwing a bunch of junk keywords at it or just blasting things on auto, we're not really giving them a strong signal. So part of my kind of, I guess, thesis we use at Pathfinder is like um, the strategy is based on the idea that we're trying to lead Amazon to the conclusion that these keywords we're chasing or these competitor products we're targeting are the ones that are in our category, are the ones that are relevant and this is where we want to end up long term. We want to be ranking for these. We want to be getting exposure for these. And like you said, we're going to have to uh, get some impressions against that to gather any data uh, at first, because you know we just we just don't know uh, how it's going to react. And so that's what Amazon's trying to determine.
0: Yeah, there are so many theories about like date range, and I heard other theories that are not date range related as much as they're related to uh, first purchases, like. Honeymoon period lasts for like first ten purchases. That's something that I heard in the in the past. Like, the oh,
1: interesting! Like number of purchases. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never I've never even heard that. That's really
0: cool. Yeah. So, like, I think it's about impressions. You know, like mm-hmm. they they probably take an average of like amount of impressions and amount and uh, the number when it comes to CTR and conversion rate and like they they have an like some idea how how much time is needed to to learn about the product and like that's mm-hmm. that's the best moment. Like
1: we're talking a lot, a lot about things that we don't really have materials. About. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this kind of speculation is useful because you know that Amazon is never going to tell us exactly what is it. Like they, they came out and said everyone the honeymoon period is fifteen and a half days, and then people would you know the whole world would change its strategy based on that. I'm sure there are people internally who or maybe listen to this or other podcasts and go like, ha these guys, they don't know anything about it. But um, I think that if what we are seeing, uh, you know, we make these assumptions and then we test against them with the launches we make and the people we connect with, like launch specialist type people. And if they work well, if the product gets traction and it's starting to rank, well, I mean, I think that's a pretty positive indicator that we're we're headed in the right direction, even if we don't understand all the nuances of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Let's move to to the strategies. So like one of the strategies that I heard about, like on the internet, there are like a m- bunch of them, like, and, and, <laughs> like everybody has his own theory, like what really works and like what's not. So like it, for us, like it's usually that word depends because uh like it really depends on the product that you're launching and it's not the same thing it's going to work for everybody it depends on um saturation of marketplace and so on like with with the same type of products and so on and like if it's not the same thing if you're launching something that everybody knows what what this but like it's just a Mm -hmm. variation or new brand or you're launching completely new product that never existed in the past like you know like imagine the moment with uh where like when you have like completely new product and has like completely new name and like nobody really knows what it really does so like it's kind of different way how to do it
1: yeah that would be that would be a very tough proposition on amazon which i think does does well with products that are Generally speaking, lower priced, higher volume. um, You know, because I I can think of instances we've had with clients that have expensive products. And by expensive, I mean, you know, upwards of a couple hundred US dollars, Mm -hmm. uh, even closer to a thousand US dollars in extreme cases. And those products and the way that we advertise and launch those is very different. Maybe we should do a podcast episode about that in the future. Of course. But, um, you know, th- that's like one concern. So this this strategy you dug up uh, from from some mysterious pages on the Internet. Uh, let's talk about this because we both didn't like this strategy very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it has some good points at a certain level. But at some point, like it just moved from from something that I would prefer to something that. It doesn't really make sense. And like, I, I would consider it to be like a bit more key way how to do it, but mm-hmm. still, okay. So the idea with this strategy is to build four campaigns at the beginning. First campaign is targeting keywords. Um, and it's top of search targeting. So basically, it's um, up to 10 main keywords that you want to rank for in exact form. And just Push like top of of search um, bids to like nine hundred percent. It's like super, super aggressive. Super that's, aggressive, that's
1: super aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you have dynamic bids set as part of that, because then you could mm-hmm. have a hundred percent and then like a nine hundred percent. That would be, you know, uh, unthinkably aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for an untested product with a keyword combination you're not too sure about. So. I think the main reason we didn't like that first, although, I mean, I could see someone trying that, especially if they have a great budget, that's like a stacked budget, Mm -hmm. but that's a lot of risk, actually, to, to venture out there initially.
0: Yeah, to be honest, like I didn't like this campaign because of like dynamic bid up and down. Like I'm not really a huge fan of up and down bid especially if if somebody doesn't really know how to use it and like it takes a lot of uh time and energy to optimize those campaigns especially because like you have that 72 hour discrepancy in results yeah. so like whatever you do like you're not really sure like how it worked on unless you waited for 72 hours and willing to like risk in any direction so i don't know the other campaign is uh called like, related keywords. And in that campaign, you would place, listen to this, 1,000 keywords in, <laughs> in a phrase match type with your bid at two cents and mm. turned on dynamic bidding to up and down with also 900%.
1: Oh, that's also using the bid mm-hmm. modification. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because yes. so this is back to this idea we talked about at the top of the episode, which is basically you know, uh, keyword dumping, as, uh, as I've heard it called. And, uh, you know, Mike Erickson from AdBadger always talks about keyword dumping. Uh, this is definitely not a, a strategy that I would recommend. And the reality is, anytime started, you look at one of these, these ad groups with a thousand keywords, how many of them actually have substantial impressions and, you know, not even to mention clicks, you know, a small fraction, um, and how many of them are truly relevant as they need to be? I, I think that the focus you should do with launching, and this is part of our approach, is like, placing uh, bigger bets on fewer terms. So if the budget we have, we're able to better focus on a smaller number of targets, whereas this is back to that shotgun approach. Um, and yeah, if you're going to do the bidding up with the dynamic stuff, you're going to be uh, yeah looking at spending a lot of money potentially.
0: Yeah, and like 1,000 is like no go for us. And like what we usually do is like 20, 30, maybe up to 40 keywords per per ad group or Mm -hmm. campaign even better, Mm -hmm. but like the 1000 is too much. Like everybody, like whoever came to, to, to see like those campaigns, like you could see like up to 10% of them really working and the rest of them would just stay there. Like if, uh, I think we talked about this in one of the previous episodes. So like if, if somebody didn't hear about the idea about like thousand keywords per ad group, like you can Go back and like listen to one of the older episodes as well. They're pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not because of us. It's
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a, something we're definitely in in, uh, in accord about. Is this concept of having too many keywords in there is not not useful? Yeah. Uh, the next one you have here, relevant products, competitors. Um, uh, let me like let me like take issue with this one. So mm-hmm. I think that it is valuable to target competitors. And actually, for our process, this is like the third step we do would be like targeting competitors. But you have to have a really clear idea about what your offer is versus their offer. So if you have a handful of reviews or even no reviews, and you're going up against like product number three in the category, uh, when, you know, a lot of the top keywords are searched and they come up organically as like the top, you know, three or four products. um, That's a very, very hard bet. You know, think about yourself as a shopper. Why in the world would you be on that product page and say, oh, this one has 700 reviews. I'm going to buy it. And then you see an ad for one that has like five and you're like, oh no, forget this one. <laughs> I'm going to the one with five reviews. That's the one I really want. Uh, I mean, you might check it out, but what's the conversion rate going to be for that ad on that placement? I think that's a, probably a tough bet. What I would do is use the refinement feature inside of uh, you know, mm-hmm. the different targeting options we have by ASIN and say, you know what? We're actually going to target those that have uh, you know, three and three or fewer stars or those that are $25 and above where our product is, you know, $24, for example, uh-huh. um, that might be a better approach. And of course, as your product you're launching matures, the reviews come in and you maybe refine the images and the bullet points and such, um, your conversion rate's going to improve. So you may be able to tackle those competitors, uh, later down the line, but at this time, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know how to like say it. It's like a David versus Goliath situation. You're going up to like the, the gorilla, you know, the head gorilla in the space and saying like, I challenge you to a fight and you haven't even been to the gym. It's like not a good idea. Yeah, like
0: th- there is one situation when I would try to do it. If you're a fully established brand in your niche and like you're adding your 50th product and like everybody mm-hmm. knows that your other products are really good. So basically, there That's is a great a point. So there is like a brand awareness and so on. Like I would target like competitor agents, like the guy that that is already bothering you with his sales and the amount of his reviews. I I would target that guy, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's a great point. And actually, um, you might be able to get by with just the strength of your brand at, at that mm-hmm. point, because people know it so well. Um, or maybe if, if they have any familiarity with that uh, market, you know, sub market depends what it is, of course.
0: You you um, know, you know that part with with like brand awareness? It's so underestimated. Like it it it's a it's like the game with like long-run game. Like it, it's it's not like easy win, mm-hmm. but like in the long run, you're establishing something more valuable, you know like building a brand around your products.
1: For sure, but it takes years to get there and it's and it's oftentimes not easy, you know. So um, the assumption also I would make if someone has that kind of great brand awareness and they're a big company, they probably have the bankroll to do this too. You know, they have the money and they have the long-term investment ability to be able to actually outlay a significant amount of budget for any launch. Um, and they're not too worried if the returns aren't good in the first couple months, which is like... Typically, the reality of a launch on Amazon, you're investing in those first two or three months for something that's going to last years. The idea, and the perspective, and the mindset you should take into it is that um, it's not, oh, man, we didn't get 25% of it costs the first month and a half. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's expected. The,
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much like I, w- I would always like allocate some some amount of budget, some some amount of revenue into building stronger brand awareness and like building Mm -hmm. like a cult uh, about your brand and your product and like building uh, ambassadors and like having people talking about your brand is always like better than any advertising that you can do. Like, especially if somebody really hated your brand. And like you managed to turn him into <laughs> somebody that, that really likes your brand. Those right. guys are the loudest, you know,
1: the fine line between love and hate, even for a product.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
1: exists for sure.
0: Yeah. For so, sure. yeah, like let's move back to to like talking about the, the strategy. We moved to brand awareness. So basically right, so when, the last
1: one you have here is auto campaigns.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the last one that that he's talking about is like creating low bid automatic campaign, which is like mm-hmm. nickel campaign. I don't know what to think about like nickel campaigns. Like I like them, but like they're not option number one.
1: No, and those aren't going to move the needle with a launch. So I, I would say that this is something that's suitable later on in the lifecycle of that product. Or if you really want to push it, maybe like four or five weeks out from the first day you start spending against this product. Uh, hopefully you have reviews at that point. But, you know, at that at, at that stage, you're just fishing for like really low A costs, like cheap clicks and like good sales. And this kind of campaign, I think, definitely has a place on Amazon um, yeah. still to this day, like hands down, like obvious choice. Call it what you want. Gold painting, low bid auto um, nickel campaigns. I like that's pretty good. That That's a pretty clear descriptor of how it works. Um, but for a launch, I, this is not going to do anything. I, I'm not a fan of it.
0: No, like that's something like that you want to to use when algorithm already knows more or less everything about you. So mm-hmm. you, you just want to get like some easy wins, like cheap sales and, and make like extra cash, uh, that that's the campaign that I would build. Like I wouldn't turn off like regular automatic campaigns just to have like nickel campaign. Like I would have both of them.
1: Yep. Same here. Yeah. And it's a it's a place to put in, you know, negatives to make sure um, you know, you're not targeting garbage. But even if you are targeting stuff that is maybe in your other campaigns, um, you're exploring such a different CPC space. It doesn't really matter. You're not going to interfere with a lot of your other campaigns. You know, I, I would say that that's something that I uh, have gone back and forth on over the years and it's something I'm still open to discussion about. Right. But I would say uh, don't get obsessive with the negatives in those type campaigns. But. Anyway, let's stick to the launch. Let's stick to the launch. So, then, Lazar, we've talked about this other person, um, you know, or this other suggested methodology for launching and how we don't like it. So, we've been negative so far. Let's be positive. (laughs) Let's talk about what we do uh, (laughs) like to do and what are some of the tactics that Sellers Alley will use for these launches. I'm curious.
0: Yeah. Like, well, first thing that I would like to say about like creating new campaigns, like, whenever you create a new campaign, you need to build the traction around it and like it needs to get it, it needs to get some history before it starts working at like full pace. And like it's even mm-hmm. harder to to get stuff like working properly when you have a product that doesn't have any history. Like any other history. Like it's even easier to build new com- completely new from the scratch campaign about some product and like wait for like two or three weeks to start working properly for something that is already known algorithm understands it. And like, it makes a lot of sense to do it. So it's way harder to, to set up new campaigns. Like it's, it's pretty rare thing to see that somebody is making money from day one on new product, just, just to be absolutely clear on that. So at the beginning you need to invest so you can. Gain money back in the future. Right. So, what we usually do, we first analyze competitors. We find like top keywords uh, and competitors to target. Um, and we, we try to protect our product and go f- the first two weeks uh, super aggressive with push campaigns uh, while having other campaigns like at a super basic level. Uh, push campaigns are more or less something that the previous guy mentioned like that we mentioned about the strategy from the previous guy, but Mm -hmm. like we don't do dynamic bidding there, like we Mm -hmm. have exact form and that's um, down only. What we usually do, we always pick five to 10 keywords that are going to be uh, main keywords for the product and set a bit higher bids on them in order to get them index faster, like to get some traction for them to improve ranking and so on. Like, it's super important to track ranking during that period of time, mm-hmm. because, um, uh, PPC can speed up things for you. Like it can go in both ways. Like it's good that you're spending money, but like if you're spending money and nobody buys it and like you're under average of the niche, you're going to affect your ranking negatively. So um, the other thing is like that we already mentioned about reviews. We talk with our clients about like, what's their budget and how much they're willing to spend, but like, we usually feel comfortable with PPC starting at around five five reviews, obviously we can start right away,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but for that, like, uh, before, uh, before you get to five reviews, it's a bit more expensive to do it. Like that's something that we saw so far. Um, The other thing is like we launch everything at once. That's gonna have like huge impact on Amazon algorithm, and it can climb up uh, your your rank faster. But it's like super expensive. Like you
1: start building, like right. And by everything, um, you know, I I think that means like what for you guys like. ASIN targeting, uh, sponsor targeting. brands video, uh, yeah. you know, defensive type campaigns, a keyword, of course, like just the whole the whole yeah. menu. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Everything like from PDA to um, sponsor brand image, video, defensive, ASIN targeting. Like there are so many types and so many options. Oh, by the way, since we are talking about the options, have you seen like, I think yesterday or like day before, there is a new option um,
1: in campaigns like you can pick audiences. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff's coming to SD. Yeah. yeah. We, we should do a whole episode about that too, for that matter. Uh, of course. We should. We should.
0: You know what we need to do? Like write down what what we want to talk about in the next episode for a change. That'd
1: be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we should have somebody help us with that. <laughs> Listeners, if you can take some notes and send uh, send Lazar an email, uh, <laughs> or any kind of requests. No, for sure. But that's an interesting idea. So, how many weeks out would you say it's okay to like? to shift into everything, you know, because this is something that we wouldn't do during a launch, but certainly later on, you know, there's a stage at which we feel, hey, it's appropriate. We can move out of the launch phase and move into these other things. I'm curious, well, like, I, when I, that I, is.
0: Like, we have steps every two to three weeks mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to add new sets of campaigns and that that seems reasonable and, like, it's not, like, a huge impact on the budget. Uh, like, but, but as I said, like, if somebody's budget is, like, unlimited like we would build more campaigns faster they would spend money without any sales at the beginning and like until they start working properly but like that's not really the the smartest way how you can do it to be honest um we also like have people asking for like single keyword campaigns like there are some tools on the market like quartile that are uh building com- single keyword campaigns uh that's beneficial for new products in a manner when you have full control um on the budget for for that keyword but like or like do you feel like that it would make any any like huge change if you have like five products in one campaign with a certain bid or dedicated campaign per uh, for like single keyword campaign
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, the way that we do it, and I'll I'll get to that in a minute here, I suppose, is like, uh, you know, tight groupings of keywords, like several, let's say five, six, seven or whatever in in a single campaign, an exact match. That would be part of our initial process. I think there is room for single keyword campaigns, but um, you're really kind of, uh, you know, putting a lot of emphasis on that one term instead of testing several smaller uh, ones. And so this goes back to the idea I mentioned before, which is like if we have a 1000 keywords, we're spreading out our bets across many, many things. But if we have just one, we're betting it all on one thing. So maybe that's the other extreme. Um, And I think single keyword campaigns certainly have a place in our setup. Like we have many, many accounts with clients, uh, you know, for particular products for whom we run single keyword campaigns. Mm -hmm. Some of them are top of search, some of them are product page, many of them are just, you know, no bid modifiers, just normal, just to make sure we devote enough budget to them. Um, for a launch, I can see it. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really, I'm not really against it. Yeah,
0: yeah, makes sense. So there is one strategy that, like, what we what we usually do is to use your top keywords to research and target main competitors. So basically, how we mm-hmm. do it is, uh, you enter your top keywords one by one into Amazon search, and then you use some kind of facing grabber. Uh, 10 has one that we use. Like, it's not paid advertisement or anything like. We just use Helium 10. So we use their ASIN grabber uh, to export those ASINs. And uh, what we usually do is pick up top 10 competitor ASIN for each of, of the keywords, merge the list and use the result to create uh, offensive campaigns. That's something that that we usually <laughs> do when it comes to that. So like when it comes to ASIN targeting, we still don't like to have like million of ASINs in in one ad group or one campaign. We try to branch them out. Right. At least by by the keyword, it would make sense, but we try not to repeat them. Um, so other thing that, that we do and like what I find to be like really good idea, uh, is to find high converting, but not high volume keywords. That's Those are like. I find this strategy to be something like a nickel campaign because like, it's not going to make you a billionaire, but like (laughs) it can get some stuff like coming to your end because like if you improve 10 things for like two or 3%, like you end up with like overall number going up. So what we do there is we use Helium X-Ray to find top 10 selling uh, ASINs for relevant keywords, copy all 10 titles into Frankenstein tool. Uh, do a new search on each of the top uh, five most common phrases for those ASINs. Put the top, uh, top five to top 10 selling by quantity ASINs for each of them in Cerebro. After that, we filter by the uh, those ranking in position number one to six or something like that. And it's ranking free when it comes to rank competitors. So this way you get like not many keywords but like they're super relevant and they're highly converting, but they don't have like really big traffic. And like so they're really relying
1: on the titles from the ASINs, as I understand it.
0: Yeah. For, for yeah. this one, we do. For mm-hmm. this one, we do.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. And that's some pretty cool, um, you know, like Ninja Moves with uh, Helium 10, which, of course, we use very heavily, too, for this similar purpose. Um, and I would say ASINs are the third stage of kind of what we do in a launch. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, with the first other two. In fact, can I run? Can I run down our approach? Yeah, definitely.
0: Like in the list, like I already see that we are at around thirty something minutes of our talk. (laughs) Yeah, this is terrible. Like when we started talking about PPC, time flies. So I think maybe uh, launching product using DSP or uh, Amazon attribution and uh, using two step URLs and. Um, other stuff, like should be separate
1: episodes, maybe? Yeah, we brainstormed a lot of things we have in the doc here we can cover later. But let me cover the the Pathfinder approach we use in 2021. So, you know, I talked about some of these assumptions we made earlier. And I think another assumption um, that we want to make is uh, trying to get organic rank and climbing organic rank for a product and then having it help, you know, help it stick there is like probably the most important factor during a launch, I think, uh, long-term clients in both agencies like like ours, you know, need to think about how we can make products appear on like detail pages and other places on Amazon. But at first, I think organic rank is the most important thing. And that's probably what most clients are looking at or what they're after, right? Is that your experience, Lazar? Like when they're talking about success of a launch, like what's the KPI or metric they're gauging? What's their criteria for success? It's typically... Where am I ranking organically for these keywords that I've I've determined that I care about, you know, for whatever whatever metric system they're using to, you know, figure out (laughs) if those are important keywords like that's what they're after.
0: Yeah. Basically, it's just like translated use PPC to improve organic ranking.
1: That's essentially it. Yeah. So um, and since these products at their initial launch are going to have a lower conversion rate for like top head terms, we're not going to try to chase the big head terms right away. Uh, I think our approach is basically three, three stages of three different types of campaigns, the first of which is the high medium search volume campaigns that are still super relevant. Uh, And maybe we'll take four to six to seven of those and put those in, you know, an exact match type campaign. And that's very similar to the push campaign you talked about. This is like common strategy. Nothing, nothing crazy here with like bid modifications or bidding types. We want to keep a pretty clear uh, idea of what our cost per click range is going to be and, you know, control that. And that's where we're going to put a lot of the money. So we're going to be pushing against those and seeing what the results are. And, uh, you know, after a couple of weeks, you can start to actually make you know changes to the listing or uh, feedback that information. So there's like sort of a feedback loop with the client. In um, their team for you know changing the product and improving it because if we find that you know three of those terms are actually working quite well and you know they're getting sales they're not low ACOS but they're generating sales that's great but maybe there's one that's like falling flat on its face and so why why is that why is it not working how can that be changed and improved and then the second step would be lower volume keywords that are more numerous mm-hmm. um, but are probably not as competitive these would be more like longer tail and these go in a different campaign. Um, and those are going to have a lower CPC. And yet again, these are not, uh, you know, with any kind of fancy bid modification or, you know, anything like that. We want to keep a lid on the CPC. And we have a similar approach with those. Like, so how are those going in terms of feedback uh, from what the market is telling us, right? Are, there, are they getting sales? Are they working? Are they not? What's their click-through rate? So we're tracking um, rank, or the client in most cases is tracking organic rank simultaneously. And we're checking in with them on like a weekly basis to say like, hey, how's the launch going? Like, Is this moving in the right direction? How are overall sales from your perspective? Uh, yeah, so there has to be some sort of system in place for, for tracking the strategy to see how it's actually going through. Um, and yeah, we use Helium 10 for all that like keyword research stuff. And we use the, um, the CPR, I forget what the CPR stands for, but like the eight day giveaway metric um, mm-hmm. that's between like a certain level uh, we want it to be like uh, I think usually you know at least five hundred search volume for these lower uh volume terms, but like no low less than like two hundred and the c p r should be something like reasonable um you know if there has to be like estimated a huge amount of giveaways to get into kind of counter rank, it's probably not gonna be effective for us to chase it with uh paid advertising and then the third stage is what I talked about earlier with um targeting ASINs. so this would be. Let's target competitors who have worse reviews or a higher price or something like that and try to get traction against their listings. Probably doesn't make sense to target those that are the leaders in the market space just yet. Uh, And as the product starts to get more mature, you'll see the conversion rate hopefully increase against these different uh, advertising methods. Makes a lot of sense.
0: Like, I I, I cannot disagree because like... (laughs) Our tactics are, like, really similar. They're almost when, the same.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and just, to be just for listeners, you know, we didn't coordinate prior to this episode. We have our notes here together, but we did not coordinate uh, our, our unified tactics, just that this is how things go in 2021. If you, you know, have, have a smart uh, and effective agency, this is, like, the way that it works for the most part. And this is what clients respond to. This is how they, you know, um, you know, work with us during launches. It's pretty much the same.
0: Yeah, I like, like... That, that you mentioned one part like about like what's the criteria of success and what's the main goal of mm-hmm. it. And like that's something that should be defined. And I'm pretty sure not a lot of people really think about like what they consider to be successful launch. Obviously you want to make as yeah, much and even money if as your possible.
1: Metric is like off. Like if you're way over or way below. Well, then you just you can adjust your goal. I mean, you can say, actually, we, we estimated too high here that th- that's not realistic now. Or actually, we way underestimated the success of this. This is we blew past that. And then you'll learn for the next time you do a launch. Right. So even if you do have a, a KPI and it's um, not like realistic, well, you learn from that and you continue to adjust with it, which I think is true for a lot of things in PPC. But for launches, for sure, because people might say, well, I don't know what success is. I've never done it before. This is a new product. It's like, OK, well, you'll learn.
0: You know, you know how they say about KPIs. If you miss them for ten percent, you should you should have worked harder. But like, if if you miss for more than ten percent, you probably right. underestimated the numbers.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. The idea is never to hit them like bang on, right? One hundred percent or exactly. Yeah, in either direction.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the whole Very point. True. You have a direction. Is there anything? All that you would like to cover? I
1: think that's it for me. I I would just say, uh, you know, you have to choose a launch strategy that fits with your KPIs, but also your budget. So, you know, be realistic about how much you can afford to spend on a launch. And keep in mind, this is like a long term play. It's not that ACoS doesn't matter. Like if you're at a thousand ACoS, like (laughs) maybe Mm -hmm. like back it down if you spent any real amount of money. But, you know, you should expect an ACoS that is not profitable. You should not be thinking in the first three weeks, like, oh man, I'm going to make it to 30%. Everything's great. Um, That is not the objective. The objective is actually exposure, um, you know, learning from what the data is telling you from what the market is telling you uh, exposure um, to like new uh, people who maybe have never, I don't know, heard about your brand before, or heard about this particular product. You're, you're gathering information. That's essentially what you're doing and you're refining your keyword and targeting for later on. So you're not, right out the gate, just trying to make money.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. So I think we we covered more or less everything in this episode with like 40-ish minutes recorded and like I, I would like to stop now and maybe next time we can talk more about like other stuff that you can do when it comes to product launches or in some of the other episodes, Sure. because like it, it would make this episode go like to two hours, and we don't want to do that. We, know that.
1: <laughs> we can have a part two that specifically talks about Google, maybe DSP, uh, maybe TikTok, since you know a lot about that, and perhaps, um, you know, search, find, buy, chatbots. There's so many opportunities there. Um, some of those things I'm not an expert in, but it'd be interesting to explore the idea. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay, so... Th- This would be the end of uh, this episode. Like, guys, if you have any questions, reach out to uh, our Facebook page or on our website. There is a place for comments or like send us an email on ask at wildppcbunch.com. Yeah, sounds good.
1: Okay. Thanks, Lazar.
0: Thank you so much. See you in the next one. Bye.